Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we are here to talk Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago. You know the drill. We got it this day in history as well. And we're going to be talking mostly business today. A lot of business talk, which, you know, I personally sometimes get a little bored. That's just not with Star Wars my entire life. But I'm trying to clue in because I think it's important. It affects the creativity of Star Wars as well. We're going to discuss all that and we are also going to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash 4Center. 
Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, we'll have a Force Center recommends a book that you you can try out on us and help the show in the process. Uh, we always catch up, Joseph, Jennifer, and I. This is our virtual hang. This is us at the bar going, <laughs> hey, how was your week? And how did Star Wars <laughs> find you? So, Jen, what are you drinking and how did it go? Yeah, uh, I'm drinking some Jawa juice and I watched a little bit of The Mandalorian um, doing a rewatch inspired by you, Ken, and loving it, loving it. And it was one of those things where I was like, you know, I need to work on on getting my kids more involved with Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Do they love Grogu? They love all this stuff. And I was like, I've really been slacking in my training. So I went into the bookstore and I was like, you know, books are such a great way to get kids into Star Wars. That's how I, I really got my my first daughter into it. And I found there was some great Star Wars books. There's a lot of middle middle grade. Mm-hmm. So a lot like for the High Republic, there's a lot of those things. A lot of um, adaptions from the movies, right? Which are, were a little bit too much. I thought, oh, my three-year-old won't handle that. But this book I got, I highly recommend it. It's kind of nice, for, quite frankly. I would just buy this on my own um, as an adult. It's called The Galaxy Needs You, and it's written by Caitlin Kennedy, illustrated mm. by Ida Caban. Um, mm. it's, a, it's about Rey, and it really is kind of like an adaptation of The Last Jedi. Well, no, 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 it's not. It's not. I would say the sequel trilogy, okay. um, and it, but it focuses on Rey. And it's just like, like for example, it says, have you ever stopped to think about how there is nobody else in the galaxy who is exactly like you? Nobody else has your hair or your eyes, or your smile. And it goes on and on and on talking about how wonderful you are as an individual. And then it points to like her battles with Kylo Ren, you know, her helping BB-8, her becoming friends with Finn, all these things. It's a wonderful message. I actually started almost crying in the bookstore. <laughs> it really is quite touching. And it's such a simplified version of what Ray's journey is and kind of the messages that we've we've taken from the sequel trilogy. My seven-year-old read it and she loved it. She's like, I want to read it again. Because it really is like that elementary school age when you're figuring out who you are, figuring out who your friends are, you know, and what you stand for, right? Like all that's kind of happening when you're six, seven years old. And so it really Mm. spoke to her. And I just, I can't recommend it enough. It's just a great, great book. A surpriser. I didn't, I did not know about this book. I love this. The Galaxy Needs You is the name of it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, The Galaxy Needs You. And it's all about, you know, what makes you, you and what makes you special. I mean, I, we've joked about this before, but like with young Jedi adventures on the way real fast here, like, yes, there are certain age groups attached to it. But I think we all need those simple direct messages sometimes. That yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We all need those messages sometimes. And and hearing you describe it, it also makes me think of that maybe there are some uh, adults who need it. <laughs> Not just yes. because of the way we feel that way, but because of the way people sometimes feel about Star Wars and understand. Mm-hmm. People sometimes walk away with the interpretation of Luke, Anakin, Ray's story that it's all about power. Because a lot of people tell them it's, you know, you got to use your power. It's all about your power. But how much stories are about like only Ray could have had that relationship with Kylo. Only Luke mm. had that relationship with Vader. It is the, the, the stories are ultimately about who they are as people as much as them having all this Jedi power. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. I think that's important. Yeah. Important lesson that has been enough. I, I think one of my favorite points um You've made jokes over the years that really helped uh, uh, me look at Han Solo and his end a little better was some of that like, hey, it's not about what Luke can do. Luke can't do it. 
it's it's you, his father, it's me, his mother. And that's kind of part of the stuff going into that conversation and, and, and going on to the other movies where uh, I, I think you can focus on the big, the Jedi, the Luke, the fall, the turn, the Kyle, the anger. And it's like this small, strong, emotional beat that, that can sometimes be easy to miss with all the pew pew around it. So that's why <laughs> direct books uh, written for three-year-olds might help. All of us. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. There's even, oh my gosh, there's one thing. I love this. Just one, one quick thing. There's a page where she's facing off with Kylo Ren. Um, and it says, even if someone tries to tell you that you're nothing or nobody, just know that simply isn't true. And then the next pages of her, like, you know, grabbing uh, the, the lightsaber. Oh, it's just so great. It, it makes me get emotional. I mean, it's such a simple statement, right? But it's taking that moment and just really crystallizing it and applying it to our life. And when people try to put you down or tell you that you're nothing or insignificant, right? Yeah. Um, it's just beautiful. Really well done. That's wonderful. I hope there's a Jen Landa short or TikTok on the way highlighting this book. You know what? I'm, I am going to do a recommendation on some kids' books that I've. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, yeah. So beautiful. I hope that there's more on the way. I hope. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, you know, the whiskey's sliding down the bar to you, Joseph. Uh, you, know, you top the joy of a kid's book. That's yeah. <laughs> I can I can double fist a whiskey and a coffee and let's talk about kids books. Uh, no, uh, I, I don't have any kids books. I did pick up a while back. Um, I think I can't remember what it's called. It's the little golden book of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's great. A mm. great little Obi-Wan story. But the picture on, on the cover is him really triumphant uh, riding uh, Boga. <laughs> like mm. that's right before his entire life falls apart. Could you found a happier image of Obi-Wan Kenobi for the cover of this book celebrating? Uh. Um, anyway, I love Boga. Uh, yeah. So I had di- kind of different uh, Star Wars adventures. We sometimes joke about you like, hey, where did Star Wars find you? This is uh, the time of the Doctor Who convention that I go to every year. The last couple of years, I've just been going for one day. Mm. It's a great convention in Los Angeles called uh, Gallifrey One. Very welcoming, but very, very deep lore Doctor Who. Um, did a couple of comedy panels with a friend of the podcast, uh, Riley Silverman. Uh, that went really well. So that was that was really uh, fun and gratifying. But I always love going to the Doctor Who convention because it's so open. It's so friendly. There'll be very, very deep cut classic Doctor Who costumes you're not going to see anywhere else. A monster called the Drashig from the Carnival of Monsters. Uh, but then uh, the entire time I was there, there was just a guy, um, just just Boba Fett. <laughs> what? <laughs> and nobody was like, what? hey, why is Boba Fett at the Doctor Who convention? That is not the vibe. It's a vibe of total acceptance. And I've seen some like fun Star Wars uh, mashups. I've seen like, a, it's a it's the fourth Doctor, but also Ray, like and fun things like this. And like, no, this guy was just like, hey, uh, I think I'll buy this uh, action figure of Peter Capaldi, but I'm Boba Fett right now. I'm like, great, you do you, Boba Fett. Uh, so that was nice of Star Wars, literally finding me at the Doctor Who convention. Um, and then the other thing is, yeah, my my wife, uh, Sarah, said she wanted to do a, a full Mandalorian rewatch. So uh, I was like, OK, we really got to start. We got to make this a priority. And I really forgot, like, how fast the first season is. And we've watched almost the entire first season in 24 hours. Wow. <laughs> well, they're, yeah. they're short, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, if, if you're going to sit down and watch a movie, you can knock out at least three uh, Mandalorian episodes, particularly in the first season. And that's just been really gratifying. It's been really fun to rewatch the first season with the context of the later seasons lots of fun moments jumping out but in particular uh in episode three the sin when din is delivering grogu to the client and the door opens and the stormtroopers come out 
Um, it works great that that Grogu's like, hey, uh, I just get a vibe that these aren't great guys. It's always worked that yeah. Grogu's like, what are you doing? I thought we, I thought, I thought we were cool, Din. <laughs> Why are you dealing with me here? But then the additional knowledge of like he's got some pretty traumatic memories with uh, people in white armor uh, hovering mm-hmm. over him. Uh, with Order 66. So it's fun to find those little moments that always worked when they were first broadcast, but maybe have even more or different kind of resonance with more story. Mm. Oh, yeah, I love that stuff. And I got yeah, some folks in our, our Force Center Discord have been in, in experiencing what you, you're go- talking about, Joseph, of like, man, there's a little line in episode three or that it, that it just, it, it's not super, super intentional connected. It's just, it just hits more because, you know, mm-hmm. that's part of the fun. Oh, that's yeah. great. Mm. Mm. Love that. Love that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm into Book of Boba Fett on my rewatch. Nice. Uh, and, and that's been, that's been a fun adventure. And, 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 you know, a lot of conversation around the Book of Boba Fett these days. Some that can make me grumpy. And that's even part of my other Star Wars adventure. But just, I got to the end of that first episode when, when the, the leader of the Tuscan uh, tribe sent, gives him the water that he earned, right? Mm. Mm. And it was a big beat that I think hit even more for me. Now, I don't know. I just, it, it, it just, it just had a little bit of fist pumping. You know, moment because it, it it is about you know uh, it's a lot about a lot of things. You no, know, but it, it's just there's just some like oh, Boba, this is just the start of your journey. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. that journey. So anyways, I don't know. I didn't. I hope I didn't cut you off, Joseph. If you still Mm-mm. got some, no, 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 no. That's it. I that, <laughs> I want to make room to talk about other Star Wars stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. The other thing, I I, I keep going this thing, and, I, and I, I, you, we always talk about how Star Wars finds it, and, and I've just been doing more and more. Stand-up shows uh, at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank, and it's a lot of fun. And, and you know, when you're in the green room with a bunch of comics, uh, you know, I've been in stand-up comedy since 2003, off and on uh, for all that time. And uh, stand-up comedy is full of a lot of, uh, I don't know, bad people. <laughs> and, oh, no. It's, it's always pro wrestling. I did my 15 years in pro wrestling. Uh, the Venn diagram's pretty tight um big cross up there uh that's all i'll say but i'm a lot of nice people too and a lot of people in the chat and and and, and the green rooms are fun and because uh either either i have a star wars hat on or i say hey could you bring me up as as you know uh author of books what we love star wars that kind of thing it, it, it just sparks conversations and and i've mentioned it before and i don't want to no we we here at force center don't think we're 100 right uh this and that occasionally though we can get grumpy we have a certain way of looking at star wars and 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 sometimes you know that's just the conflict out in the world where you're just like no that's not why are you watching it like that? And I personally can get a little grumpy. So I've run into a lot of comics or just see Star Wars on my hat and they go, new stuff sucks, right? And it's just, it, it's a hard, it, it's, you know, you don't want to go that route. I, I had a, a, a comic who, who um, took the time later in the show, we in the green when he comes and shows me uh, a Millennium Falcon keychain and shows me um, uh, some Stormtrooper stuff on his car. And we had a great conversation and, and someone with a very different background perspective than I, and, and he had been in the military and, and he loves stormtroopers. And so I had an interesting, like, okay, can I ask why the, why the, the tools of the, <laughs> the Imperial uh, uh, Galactic Empire? And he said, well, I was in the military, man. And there's just something about you go through all that training you do this. And, 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 and then you're just kind of sent out to catch bullets, man. And, and, and no one looks at you, uh, uh, twice and it's just expected and it's what maybe you sign up for but then the brutality of it and just every time I see a door drop open on a ship and stormtroopers rush out I feel for them and you know he didn't he wasn't sitting there going and Palpatine's right and but he, he, he we weren't going that conversation but it was just interesting to have him connect to it that way uh, you could easily say I guess with the rebels but I think there's something behind of just like and what's it for all they do is is 
is that and what is it, what's it for and who's it for? So he did have some of those deeper thoughts, but it was just fascinating. And just how, uh, you know, we've talked on the show, I've switched out my imperial insignia baseball cap from a, a rebel one. And we, we talk about the, the, the important of those symbols um, more and more these days in the real world. But it would have been, would have been easy for me to be like stormtroopers. Come on. What do you, what do you, what do you, but to hear his point of view, it was just interesting to see where star Wars met him in his life and have a good fun conversation about it. He also had some stuff to say about Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett used to be his favorite character, but he felt the show ruined the character. But he he he, he approached it in a way that was uh, very nice, where he just was like, I, th- I don't think the show's bad. It just wasn't for me. And I was trying to analyze a little bit about what that meant and what that means for fans of, of Boba Fett who, you know, I don't know, didn't like the switch in emotions and the goal, the drive, uh, some of the... Um, Convoluted, convoluted and complicated gray areas of Boba Fett, a man trying to break the cycle of violence while also remaining at times violent and, and uh, you know, taking the title of crime lord throws people for a lot of, lot of uh, loops. But it was a fun, it was a reminder that, you, you, you know, once you're out in that Star Wars world, that outside of our bubble, you can still have those wonderful conversations if you just uh, try to find out what people are, are connecting with and where they're coming from. And that, that, was, that was a fun exchange, I'll say. Mm. So, there you go. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, for me, the the key difference between the two examples is one was a conversation where someone shared their perspective and didn't tell you, you must share that perspective. <laughs> yes. So it's like this guy didn't tell you, uh, I need you to ag- agree with my factual statement that book of Boba Fett is bad. You know, the yes. difference between people just looking at a hat and going, the new stuff sucks. Right. Huh. Is in, that is the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not, I didn't enjoy the new stuff because X, Y, Z, right. Uh, and the other one, you get to have a conversation, which I think is great. And, and I love, I love understanding why people don't like something that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but on that note, I might start wearing a different hat. Um, no, uh, <laughs> that's, that's fun. green rooms are fun. Anyways. All right. Uh, we are almost going to get to the news here, but we have uh, an ask. We love to uh, uh, just reach out directly to y'all and say, Hey, here's something we'd love for you to help us. Uh, do get show up for all those kind of things. It's been very helpful and we love our fan base, Joseph, but we have a specific ask this week. What is the ask? Yeah. So we're still asking about YouTube. Uh, everyone has been so great supporting us over there. Uh, we've had a great reception to uh, our, our first two episodes of figure fights. We are very close to that uh, 7,000 subscriber goal, goal that we've been talking about a lot. But what we want to focus on today is this coming week. This Friday, February 24th at 3 p.m. Pacific, we are doing a live stream Q&A on YouTube. And this is a special one. We enjoy it every month when we do this and just kind of have a, a hangout, honestly, with a, a lot of Star Wars uh, fans, Force Center fans uh, on YouTube. But this special, this Q&A special, uh, Jennifer is going to be joining us for the first half hour from 3 p.m. to 3, uh, 30 p.m. It Yay. will be a chance to ask Jennifer lots of questions and uh, hang out. Uh, we, we'll answer questions too, Jennifer, but we might defer to you. Oh yeah. boy. All right. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. It, it really is just a, a hangout. It, it's so great. Uh, it, the vibe is really wonderful. So we look forward to doing that. So it's special uh, that Jennifer is going to be able to join us uh, for that first half hour. And then uh, after Jennifer uh, needs to depart at around three 30, uh, we've got some fun announcements about, well, I'm going to edit myself. I'm not going to say what. Uh, we've got some fun <laughs> announcements coming. So if you want to be a part of that, if you want to uh, hear it first uh, live on the internet, uh, join us there. So again, that is at uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, February 24th. 
Absolutely. Great job on that. Ask, sir. A lot of fun uh, going down over on YouTube. Shorts, essays, uh, figure fights, and, and more live shows. And Jennifer, getting all your questions. We're just, we just we got about 30 minutes. You guys all catch up. Get get your chirpa, poplu, get all those questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. be a lot of fun. Well, let's look at some Star Wars news. I, I put this uh, headline as Return of Iger Khan, but we're pulling from a lot of different parts of uh, Bob Iger's week last week, to be clear. But it's just kind of fun uh, to have Iger Khan, uh, the concept, back in full swing, even though uh, he is uh, been having to do some tough things. Uh, a lot of people thought hey, he was brought back to be the nice hatchet man. And, well, some of that might be true. But Star Wars news emerged from Disney Business Talk. Um we're going to start here. And again, I'll just I'll put some stuff on the table here. We're going to go to a lot of different spots here. But the exciting headlines last week read Star Wars won't veil movie plans at celebration. And I think that's exciting. But behind that fun is the sobering re- real world business news and Bob, Auger, Bob Iger's comments that Disney will need to be better at, quote, curating franchise con- uh, content that is extraordinarily expensive. And, quote, we want the quality on the screen, but we have to look at what they cost us now. This seems to be primarily directed at Marvel. This uh, There was this big Hollywood Reporter article uh, written by Aaron Couch and Boris Kitt saying Star Wars might have the opposite problem of Marvel. Not enough movies in theaters. The report claims an insider key to the story says Lucasfilm will ramp up but will have to abide by the same fiscal discipline as the rest of the company. We'll note the company that recently announced approximately 7,000 layoffs. So as I said up top, creativity and business will forever be intertwined and they should. Kids, if you want to get into the business, learn the business. Uh, that's something uh, I wish I had spent some more time on uh, when I was uh, just, you know, writing poems and stand-up bits. Learn some mm-hmm. of the business. But let's dive in. I've said a lot here, but what are our overall thoughts on the news? Joseph, I'll, I'll start with you here. Uh, did you have your IgerCon shirt on last week? And where do you go with this? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about the return of IgerCon. We, we, that uh, phrase came about because for a while, you know, big news would be advanced, announced at conventions. And then it would be announced on uh, Disney business meetings. So we jokingly started calling it IgerCon. That's where the announcements happen. Uh, this is full court Iger press. This is not just one Iger con. The world is his Iger con. Uh, he is somebody I think who's done a really great job because, uh, this relationship that you talk about can between creative creativity and business. Um, mm. I mentioned it uh, recently as reading about it in a, in Sammy Davis Jr.'s biography of like Sammy Davis Jr. being told it's called show business mm. and you have to take care of both. You have to put on a great show and then you have to be aware of the business side of it. And I think that kind of goes both ways. We hear that as creators and go, oh, we need to be responsible for the business side of what we do. Mm-hmm. I think Bob Iger is somebody who has the personality and the understanding that this corporation could use a relatively charming front man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of this stuff isn't just interviews. This is These are performances. He's putting on a show uh, mm-hmm. to communicate exactly what he wants to. He's being a great front man, <laughs> yeah. front yeah. person for Disney. Um, so I think I think that's great. Um, I think one of the other uh, big reactions to this news is I think this is really um, uh, respectable reporting from uh, respectable sources. But it is just a source saying that they're going to announce movie stuff at Celebration. There is no confirmation from Lucasfilm. So for people who, you know, just see a headline fly by and maybe don't have time to dig into it, I think that's just a big asterisk to put in your heart and soul. (laughs) Uh, A source has said this that has not been confirmed yet, that we're going to get movie news at Celebration. 
Yeah. No, I, th- I, I think it's a great point. Uh, and I had the, I saw that some of the uh, headlines and I just went, well, no bleep. <laughs> like, yeah, I've got to get some celebration. But then I reminded myself, well, I was literally saying that in a hotel bar the first night of Celebration Anaheim. Of course we're going to get something here. And that didn't yeah. happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, um, I think to answer your, your bigger question more, more directly, Ken, is, you know, I'm never happy about the layoffs. So I don't want to say I'm happy about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, I'm really excited by some of what he's talking about. Um, I don't want less Star Wars in general, but I think for streaming, I think in general, general, the idea of fewer shows, higher quality or smaller Mm -hmm. projects with creative solutions to budget problems, all that stuff is great by me. I absolutely love Marvel. I like a lot of the movies that they released in in Phase 4 more than many of my other fellow Marvel and movie fans. I thought actually there was a lot of really interesting and really different movies and the TV shows. Um but it's so much to absorb. It it's mm-hmm. it's uh, I think that uh our relationship to stories is changing because we're absorbing so many so fast and we don't have is much time to sink into them, uh, to appreciate them, to revisit them, to uh, know our favorite lines, you know, and to have kind of fan jokes emerge and all, all that kind of stuff that makes it more than just a story, but kind of seeps into our lives. Uh, I know that's happening for a lot of people, but I think just the sheer volume of quality from streaming's initial hungry, hungry hippo, <laughs> just, you know, get as many subscribers by making as much stuff as possible it, it has been changing our relationship to storytelling. And mm-hmm. I think a little bit of a slowdown might be beneficial to the way we interact with stories. That's a, that's a big well said uh, for, for me in, in, in trying to uh, sum up some of my feelings on it. I, I think there's both positive and negative things in this story. Uh, uh, yes. Some, some the layoffs and just, you know, it's the beginning of the year and this is where you always see, I think I think the last two times I've been laid off, it was January 31st, right? <laughs> like we're into the new fiscal year time to do it. And, and so that's kind of sobering. And then, but some of it isn't bad. I think you could look at it, even on the Marvel side, this isn't a Marvel podcast. I don't spend a lot of time in the Marvel world, but like, okay, yeah, yeah. Pulling back and, and seeing what's going on uh, is, is never a bad thing. And, and Jen, I want to get your thoughts on this, but one of the things I'll, I'll shout out to the, the, the Star Wars um Newsnet folks had this uh, great article of uh, they linked to uh, a Boardwalk Times tweet, uh, which had a great interview with Bob Iger. And I just liked in this little clip of, of, of Bob Iger kind of saying, yeah, we were a little hungry for subscribers. Uh, that was kind of the lay of the land. Uh, this was also about four or five years ago now. I'm adding that in. And and we're now re-looking at uh, the whole process. I, none of that is 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 uh, a bad thing for me. But Jen, uh, I, before I get deeper into my thoughts, get your overall thoughts on uh, the Iger of it all here. I love it. I, I You know, I think that Disney has been full steam ahead for a while now with with Marvel to the point where um, like I've really wanted to learn more about Marvel and, and mm-hmm. it's been hard for me to dive in because there's so much. <laughs> I just, it's like yeah. a tidal wave. I can't keep up. Um, and it's, it's not just me. And I think what's happening is that really since COVID, you know, movie theaters, as we know, have, have not recovered from that. So it's like, we're in this new era where studios are trying to figure out how much, you know, how long does our movie stay in the movie theater before we release it on streaming, you know, so that we can make enough money or it's just like all of these things that are happening. And I'm, I'm happy that Disney is saying, hold on, let's figure out our strategy to continue making great content that is going to still help our 
our business, right? Um, and I think that that's what Bob Iger is so great at doing is that he really does care about the stories. He knows how to talk with the artists and the creators so that everyone's happy, but also managing the business side. That's why they brought him back, right? Um, so, and I, I look at something like HBO, which they're very strategic about their releases so that each each show is like a premiere event. And I and I go back to the Ms. Marvel and uh, what was it? Book of Boba Fett. That were simultaneous. Uh, Obi-Wan. An Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan yeah. yeah. I'm oh God, that's even bigger, right? What yeah. oh my gosh, I, I think about that all the time because I'm like, I need to go back and watch Ms. Marvel because it for me, I just I could not commit to doing both. And I think that they're they're gonna have to really be a little bit more strategic. I think in terms of Star Wars, I feel like they've been pretty good. You know, they haven't been putting out mm-hmm. too much stuff. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if you have any additional thoughts on that one there. Jen brought up some great points, but yeah, I mean, I think just from from my perspective is, you know, not not a Hollywood titan by any means, but I've had the opportunity to pitch a lot of shows and I know a lot of other writers and creators who who have been pitching in these last few years. And uh, from from that end, from the creative end of trying to get a show made, um, the the metric that all of the streaming, uh, you know, uh, streamers have been on has been subscriber growth. Right. And it's obviously not a metric that can continue forever, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> Netflix and, you know, uh, Paramount Plus aren't going to start being like, we need to make more babies so they can subscribe. Like you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't, unless aliens actually come. Uh, exponential <laughs> sub- subscriber growth is not a metric that can sustain. Right. Yeah. So it's created all this confusion where sort of like the standard ways that that uh, buyers would analyze what is valuable for them to make from a business perspective have just been in chaos in constant moving goalposts. Mm-hmm. So finally having, you know, one of the biggest and most successful streamers move away from constant subscriber growth to saying, what else is going to be a metric that we can give to, you know, investors and shareholders to say, this is working and going back to profitability that has to do with subscriber subscriber rates but i think that also has to do with does it generate merch does it have does it get awards during award seasons Mm -hmm. um all these different kind of things that we're a little bit more familiar with i think might give uh Mm -hmm. more varied shows a chance to find an audience and a chance to succeed um last thing i'll say on this is you know uh Netflix kind of pioneered the we want one of everything. We're, we're going to have this for everybody in the world. If you like this exact kind of show down to this ridiculous algorithm, right? Of a, you like teen romance comedies that happen in Paraguay. Great. <laughs> now we got one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of fun, funny to joke about until you're pitching something and they're like, great fantasy show. We already have a fantasy show. Mm-hmm. We won't right. consider anything fantasy. Oh, that's a great Asian comedy. We already have our Asian comedy. We don't want anything else, period. Mm -hmm. There's so much that's been about algorithm. Just get one of everything and look at things as sort of you're collecting your one of everything. And I'm kind of hoping that a change in analyzing what the metric is might help with some of that, of what is being created and letting the audience have room and a chance to go, we like that. We'll prove it with money. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Prove it with money. Yeah. You also you're you're giving me uh, bad memories of a sentence that uh, stalled and perhaps ruined my writing career. Eh, it's too much like Good Omens. 
just <laughs> just changed trajectory of my life <laughs> years ago. Uh, and that's what it is. So yeah, uh, both of you are saying some wonderful things here. And uh, Joseph, one of the words you, you used in that uh, last section there, I really love confusion. There's just a lot of confusion, <laughs> I think, around their offices, any streamer's office, our office. Uh, what okay. to do again? It's still all so young. We're still figuring this out. We're I'm still having those conversations. So what show is that? Okay, what's that on? Right. How can I find it? Uh, you know, I, I'm a sports fan. I don't have a lot of live TV options on, in my uh, current uh, life. So like even watching the Super Bowl, I had a, like, oh. where do I do that? <laughs> How? <laughs> How do I? And, you know, like and, and it's all changing rapidly. And I think um, it's something I think we've said before, but we'll keep saying it's like the ability to kind of weave and bob and, and and figure this out and change and grow even after you've uh, been part of big giant change and growth. We didn't just, you know, Mando doesn't show up in November 2019 and bam, they got it all figured out. And I think uh, uh, Iger does have that way of, of communicating. Nothing against Bob Chavik. I'm sure he's a great guy. I just... <laughs> Just didn't, uh, you know, have that uh, vibe of charisma that sometimes needed to convince you that uh, bad things are, are okay. And that's sometimes the job of CEO. Uh, we're not rooting for CEOs around here, but Iger has a certain way about him. So it was interesting. It was fascinating to take a dive into this stuff here. But but going to the Star Wars side of it here and the movies, uh, you know, in, in this confusing time, I'll, I almost am glad a Star Wars movie hasn't come out in the last couple of years because I just don't know. Mm -hmm. it would have been a weird time. Like, you know, mm -hmm. with, looking at some yeah. of the struggles with Marvel and everything, not even about what's in the shows, but just, uh, or in the movies. Uh, but, you know, do I wait? Do I go to the theater? Is it going to be on, on Disney Plus in a week? I don't know. Am I paying for it on Disney Plus in addition to my sub, or is it already there? There's a lot of things. So maybe I'm glad Star Wars is just kind of like, we're going to sit this one out, give you some shows, and we'll come <laughs> back here when things are, are known. Uh, general question here, but go with this uh, wherever you want. Like, Jen, would you be okay with some Star Wars shows being pulled back? Not ones that are already announced, but just slates, the, you know, the development slate we haven't really seen. And, and we're going to pull back so that maybe more movies can be made or more energy can be put into a, a bigger show. And, and, and any other changes to the approach of Disney Plus that you might want for Star Wars? I think Star Wars is, like you said, smart to wait it out because there was just so much drama with the unnecessary drama with the uh, sequel trilogy. Um, it was kind of like letting the dust settle. And they went and they proved that Star Wars is alive and well and fantastic storytelling with The Mandalorian and all of those shows on Disney+. Plus. Uh, they clapped back, as we might say. Um, so in terms of like going forward, I can see them doing maybe one streaming show a year and one movie a year. And I think to me, that would be a sweet spot. I think if you do too, I mean, and also maybe an animated show, right. Or some animated shorts, like the tales of the Jedi stuff. Um, I, we're going to talk about Liam Neeson in a minute. I almost said watering down. Oh no, I've, I've <laughs> taken his point, but I, I think that star Wars works well when it just hits it out of the park a, a little you don't need to have so much right like I, I don't need to have a ton of star wars i like that it when it becomes an event and or really became for me it became an event and just was it was such a home run obi-wan kenobi same thing and i think going forward that would be nice so that all of the focus is around that one show that year and then we go to the movie theater in december for the one star wars movie <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to talk about Liam in the second half there. No, I, I understand where you're coming from there. And, and it's, uh, 
I guess it's all it's all relative. Like I could I could have a, a new Disney streaming show every month and I could be happy with it. But I have to admit, like on the comic side, one of the reasons I pulled out of the comic side, I go to my shop and there's eight different. And I'm like I'm overwhelmed mm-hmm. and I don't digest it. Just like what you were saying earlier, Joseph. I flip mm-hmm. the pages to finish them, and that's that's so there. I, I can pick up on some of that energy there. Uh, big question, I know Joseph about all of this here, uh, but uh, your thoughts on uh, the Star Wars side of it all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of complicated exactly what Iger is saying because mm-hmm. what he's been saying in in some of the interviews, like the the uh, video one with the with the Business Money Channel, was that mm-hmm. they're pulling back on general entertainment, which means not genre, and they're really focusing mm-hmm. on the brands that have delivered for them, uh, like Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and, and I feel like a lot of the let's pull back talk is about Marvel. And I feel like maybe some of the Star Wars specific stuff is let's be careful not to spend too much money. Let's make, let's make the same amount of Star Wars or maybe even more, but let's really make sure that we're getting the the value out of the dollar and not pumping it out, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to pump it out. So I, I think we're probably not looking at a huge pullback on Star Wars shows, uh, but I'm generally okay with the, um, I wouldn't want it to be too much more than what they're doing. Put it that way. Like, right. yeah, I'd be perfect. really happy with um, a few Star Wars shows a year on Disney Plus, like two live action, like spread out, right? One's in one's in March and one's in November. So they, they have room to be like, we're in Kenobi season, right? Now we're in Andor season. Like, I think that that was nice. Uh, this year, I'd love to be. We're in Ahsoka uh, season. Now we're in Dr. Aphra season or, you know, yeah. whatever it's going to be. Um, an ongoing animated show, you know, I love the Bad Batch, so I'd love to see that uh, keep going. And then I think, the, you know, the experiments like Visions, Tales of the Jedi, the Young Jedi Adventures, things that are designed to be kind of for the, the more hardcore fan and mm-hmm. uh, an entry point, not necessarily meant to be like, you know, Target is going to be covered in merch from Tales of the Jedi, right? It's not a full <laughs> push. Um, so I think the output that we have is, is pretty good. I'd be happy with more like one-off animated specials. Mm -hmm. So when you're hungering for a little bit more storytelling, it's just kind of one thing that you can sit and digest, uh, for a while. Uh, I think for me, the, maybe the biggest thing is I, I have nothing to back this up. This is totally irresponsible speculation, Mm -hmm. (laughs) total speculation. I wonder if Kenobi would have had a slightly higher budget under Bob Iger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just mm-hmm. feel like the, there was, because another thing Iger has been talking about is, is marketing. That's a huge, huge part of the expense too. So balancing, how much do you, I wonder if Iger would have been, let's do a little less advertising for Kenobi because the interest is there and let's put a little bit more money on screen. So the value is there. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just uh, recently rewatched Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's my favorite character. I love the show. Um, longtime fan of classic Doctor Who that has, you know, a, a budget that's just the little engine that's trying. Um, and so I'm not terribly bothered by uh, lower special effects, but it is odd to watch the premiere event of last year with yep. Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi and feel like corners were cut and be like, yeah why so i think some of what Iger is saying is like let's look at i'm not saying we're not going to spend money i'm not going to say say we're not making more star wars i'm going to say let's really look at the balance of exactly how we spend it so it has the most value to us Hmm. yeah i I, am in agreement on that too um you know we can't have an andor every time i imagine the budget that was uh rather high but uh yeah yeah, you you can feel it in other spots you can feel it in other spots Mm. yeah yeah Mm. exactly 
Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. please go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, in, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, sh- the shows and, and, and uh, it, it, I get the feeling that it, it is a little bit narrow focus coming. Like, like let, let's make sure uh, we're making the right decisions across the board. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, oddly enough, have, have confidence that Star Wars will continue to go um, and, the, and they'll get some of the movie stuff right. But that's a bigger conversation there. But, uh, Jen, any final thoughts on this part of the uh, discussion? Mm, no, I, I, it just really got me thinking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you're so right. If I, I really do believe that it could have been. I mean, Andor was spectacular because of what they did with the, the city of Ferrix. Mm-hmm. And just the everything just felt the lo- all the locations for Obi Wan that should that should have happened. It's just kind of, mm. I mean, it was a great show. We loved it. So many wonderful things. But boy, if the they vast majority of it looks great, I think. Yeah, honestly, watching yeah. it again, it's just those one or two moments, yeah. and it's just this weird disconnect that I don't think if that was a season of Mando or a Book of Boba Fett, I don't think it would have bothered me. But mm-hmm. it's weird when it's Vader and Kenobi. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, there was definitely some of those moments there, and it's uh, fair to say we'll be honest about that. The story mentions that Taika Waititi's movie is still in development. And I just wanted to ask this. What does that news do to your soul, Jen? <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, oh, they, they're they bringing that one back? I really felt like it was kind of dead. I, I really thought yeah, so. Yeah, but yeah. it does make me think, well, gosh, maybe he still is in talks. And watching, uh, re-watching The Mandalorian, and I was watching the final episode of season one, you know, and he, what a performance he he gave. Um, and he directed and he the yeah, and he directed it. So I was like, oh, he's he still isn't good. And you know, it's one of those things that maybe he's been having lunch there, and, and they're like, oh, it's back, it's back on. His movie's back in development. So who knows? Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I I asked that question because I had a weird reaction. This is a leading question for me. I just mm. went. Mm. All right. <laughs> I think I'm, and, and this is uh, someone I'm a fan of, and, and it has nothing to do with I don't want to see it. Cause I, I love that episode you're talking about uh, outside of a couple of beats. I, I just think it's 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 pitch perfect. And and yeah, I just had a weird like. It just seems like I don't know. Seems like there's a lot of things in the rearview mirror, and that's I'm okay with it. So uh, to kind of be like, oh, okay, I guess I have to think about this again or get ready for this. Uh, I'm at, I'm at a uh, if he walks out on stage of celebration, then I'll then I'll be I'll believe it, sort mm-hmm. of, you know, because <laughs> it right. wouldn't be the first time uh, that things have changed. And uh, anyways, I don't. So Joseph, uh, again, it's a leading question. That was my reaction, but what was yours? Uh, I feel very the will of the force about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I love Taika Waititi, and I love his work. Um, I would almost rather have it be announced that, hey, we're experimenting with a uh, lower budget Disney movie event, Disney Plus movie event, and Taika Waititi is going to do that. Um, so it, so for those who are into it, they can enjoy it. But it isn't this massive torture test of this is the first return to uh, theatrical because, like I said, I love Taika's work. I would love to enjoy it. Um, but there has been, you know, some... I think his style of humor came across really, really fresh. And now there's a little bit of pushback to it. You know, there's kind of a general consensus of a lot of people don't like Thor love and thunder. I do, but you know, I think there is a little bit of that, that cloud. And then the whole big thing ultimately is just, does this film feel like the right story at the right time? Since we know nothing about it, does it feel like the right next theatrical thing? So Mm -hmm. I don't, that's a lot to say. I don't feel strongly. If it's the right movie, great. If it's not, okay. Yes. Yes. At the end of the day, that that is the case. And, and, and again, I'm not even down on 
him. I don't want to sound. I just had that like this is you know the Ryan Johnson trilogy, all that, anything that pops up, and that's been part of the problem. Been well documented, been debated on podcasts worldwide about uh, you know the announcement of movies, the Patty Jenkins of it all that stuff. And I, some of it I just don't think you can help, and some of it I don't think so. it's just the way the right. business. Um, it's just all spotlight. Uh, spotlights are shining on Star Wars all the time. So uh, it was probably a good idea to be like, hey, on Investor Day. Hey, investors, look at this guy. You like him? You like Star Wars? Yay. And I totally get it. I just think um, my excitement has uh, definitely waned. So uh, I, I um, also with you, Joseph, too, there's, to, as as the leadoff hitter for the new the new lineup of movies, it it, uh, it might be a weird choice. But we'll see. We'll see. That That's all about uh, what will uh, be presented to us. And as you said, listening to the will of the force. Yeah, yeah. Can I say one other thing about just the the general the Disney Plus side of things before yeah. we move move on? Uh, you had asked this great question of you know other changes to approach that Disney Plus might want, and I think I have uh, I have uh, eager hopes that mm-hmm. some of the stuff that has been sort of uh, programmed by by the numbers and by algorithm might get a little bit more of a human touch. In specific examples of like. I know it works for a lot of people. For me, I really don't like Bad Batch and Mando on the same day. Like, mm-hmm. there we have seven days. <laughs> yeah, I would love time to use them. I would love there to be there's animation Friday, and that's a whole thing. I would love it if the episodes didn't drop at midnight on the West Coast, but like mm-hmm. six p.m. West Coast, nine p.m. East Coast, so they could be more of an event. And then the huge thing that I wonder if it's a possibility. If I would love physical media. I mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would love to be able to buy my dad the Blu-ray of Mandalorian mm-hmm. season one and two and Book of Boba Fett and and I think it is those physical releases are something that um, grow our attachment to a thing to be able mm-hmm. to hold it in your hand. I think that's yeah. another thing with the streaming age. Everything just kind of feels like it is floating away because it's in this ether that could be taken away from us at any time. And I think people will have a stronger relationship to something if they can literally hold it in their hands. A little more permanence, right? There's, yeah. Yeah. There's kind of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of just bringing up Disney Plus and going, what Star Wars thing am I going to watch today and right now? But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something about that. Hmm. Hmm. Just to get your dad to watch Mando. That's that's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what I want. <laughs> hey, let's end on a high note, though. Uh, and I think we've celebrated some things here. But, hey, uh, let's look at uh, the future here and all those headlines. And I want to make sure anyone who had a, a short or a video or a headline being excited about them possibly announcing a movie plan to celebration. I'm with you, too. That is exciting. And it is going to be fun if that happens. But what excites us about the possibility of movie plans getting announced at Star Wars Celebration in Europe? Uh, Jen, you will uh, be experiencing CouchCon, right, this year? Uh, so yes. uh, what, what are you looking forward to if that's uh, on the docket? I hope that they announce their plan for the next four to five years and that we get some titles and fonts on screen. Um, <laughs> I'd be happy with that, right? But again, mm-hmm. like you're saying, we we've... Unless they bring the person on stage, I'm going to take it all with a grain of salt because look at Rogue Squadron, right? We, I really got my hopes up with that one. And I don't want to say got burned, but I was a little disappointed. So, um, so yeah, we'll see what they say. We'll see what they say. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's very fair to, to feel a little burned. Uh, no matter what caused it, that can, that can mm-hmm. be a result. And I think that's right. a fair thing. Uh, Joseph, uh, we will be there, uh, set to be in Star Wars Celebration Europe. 
Uh, whether or not we'll be in those panels, that's up to the fate. Uh, but uh, what, what excites you about this? Yeah, we, we might have CouchCon. Just our couches will be physically much closer to, to the panel. Uh, yeah, I, I think knowing that I don't need them to announce like a four or five year year slate. I, I like I want that, but I also don't want them to announce something and then stumble. You know? Yeah. So I'd be happy with this is the next film we're doing. This is the date. Yeah. This is the name of the film. This confirmation. Every every one of those Damon Lindelof stories, writer's room you heard is true. That's the next project. This is the era. Mm. Here's a tease for it. Um, I think that would be great. And the thing that excites me about it is moving on from the which project is going on, which project is, is a rumor, which project is actually happening, mm-hmm. and kind of just pointing all of the, the fun Star Wars discussion toward the slow ramp up to this big special event moment of Star Wars returning to the big screen. I, I love that a lot too. I love that a lot of just like, Hey, um, this is, this is where we're going and it's maybe specific to a movie. I'd like some clarity. Um, that's not very exciting for a panel. Hi all welcome to the panel, which we clarify things, but I, I, I kind of <laughs> mean that result. Um, and a, a cavalcade of names and directors. Uh, I do want some titles and fonts. I'm with you, Jenna on that. Cause who doesn't want fonts? Yeah. Um, that'd be one thing, but but uh, if if it is the the Lindelof led thing, there's a lot of people on board for that project. To be clear, but that's the uh, uh, the way the project is kind of referred to, uh, how it's referred to. So I, that that's 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 what I would want. Like this, it's not a title, just title and font. But here's where we're going. Not the plot of the movie, not even maybe the full cast or anything. Just like there, here's where we're going. We're excited and spending time with it. Almost to your point earlier, uh, Joseph, of, of all the content of, um, I, I don't, I don't need a, f- a five year plan or something's fine, but I don't need, uh, and this and this and this and this. I just mean mm-hmm. here's where we're going, and that mm. that'd be fun and that'd be exciting. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Well, either way, we hopefully will be in a pub talking about it. <laughs> that we can do for sure that we can do for sure indeed we are not done talking about all of this about star wars and more star wars and spinoffs and what do you want and what do we get so uh stick around for more before we do that though we're gonna have a force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us and joseph uh joseph uh who's joseph uh joseph um <laughs> what do we have my evil twin Joseph uh, is recommending, uh, you know, we've been recommending the same High Republic book for a little while and we still recommend it because we still want to read it. Uh, but I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, the paperback just came out of Princess and the Scoundrel and I actually bought it for my wife for Valentine's Day. And that really reminded me of how great I think Princess and the Scoundrel is. I know Ken agrees. Mm-hmm. So we're going to recommend that The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. That is a great choice. Highly recommend that. Get that book. Help us out. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. All right. Quick break. On the other side, Liam Neeson steps into the batter's box here on force center. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Force Center. We are taking a look at Star Wars news. And hey, let's just dive into this one. Liam Neeson gives his hot takes on Star Wars spinoffs. That's where I'm going with the headline. But here's what happened. While appearing on Watch What Happens Live with host Andy Cohen and guest Paul Rudd, America's uncle. Everyone loves Paul Rudd. Uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson was asked about his desire to appear in a Qui-Gon Jinn Disney Plus show. They had, um, uh, I don't know the format of the show, but they had someone on screen kind of almost like zoomed in asking this question. Uh, Neeson had quite uh, the reaction there. He rebuffed the idea, saying that while he enjoyed his two lines in Kenobi, his opinion is that Star Wars is diluting its own magic and taking away the mystery. So, uh, you know, I'll try no leading questions here. I'll say this and, and put this on the table. <laughs> I don't, I do feel he said, hey, for me a little bit to the point of like, 
uh, you know, uh, this is just what I think. He said it pretty strongly. He said it in that Liam Neeson way. He's put his foot in his mouth many times before, sometimes <laughs> to a problematic level, let's be clear. But, uh, you know, I'll start with that energy there. But uh, just, uh, Jen, what did you make of this? You know, he is of a different time. That's what I'm chalking it up to. When you watch the video, like he doesn't do it. It's not like mean spirited. He just like he's old school cinema and theater. And I think he really compartmentalizes his own work because he's done voiceover work for Star Wars in the Clone Wars and obviously Rise of Skywalker, uh, Tales of the Jedi. So and then he does all these action movies which are kind of the same story. But I, I think that's the point is that he sees it as those are movies and that this is TV. And I think he really just is, does not like TV. He, that old school mentality of TV is inferior. So it just, it kind of cracks me up. I mean, he just reminds me of like, you know, a lot of older people, they just they kind of lose their filter. And he's mm -hmm. just like, and even Andy Cohen told him, he's like, I like that. I like that you just speak your mind, even though this is, you know, and you didn't say this, but this is like Disney that you're basically, you know, not mm -hmm. bashing, but uh, yeah, that was, it was kind of funny. Yeah, no. And, uh, and this was one of those ones where I saw some of the, the headlines and I was like, well, let me see what's going on. And I think it was important to watch the clip because the, mm -hmm. the energy is a little different and it is what you're saying. Yeah. And even some of the stuff that I don't want to defend anything you said before, but some of the mm -hmm. stuff you said before, I'm like, I, I, I get maybe what you thought you were trying to say. I get what you were trying to confess, but oh, right. maybe not so much. Like, it, I just think there's a lot of that going on with with Liam here. But uh, and, and I'm and I'm a fan. Like, and I and, and yeah. I, I love what he's done. And you're so right, Jen. Like, you just want to pull out some of his IMDb credits and go. Well, you did that, but also you did Clone Wars, which expanded the magic, which really took a new dive into stuff that was before the film. And yeah, you're in your 70s now, right? I think he's. I think he's. If he's not in his 70s, he's definitely approaching it. And yes, you have a view of uh, uh, you were an Excalibur while Fall Guy was on TV. Like, I totally mm. get it. It was a little different back then. <laughs> Nothing against uh, <laughs> but like, totally get it. Totally get it, guy. You you were in a different era. So, uh, anyways, Ken Napsack says Fall Guy was a bad television show. That's the headline. <laughs> I mean, he was a stunt man just mixing it up. I mean, what can we wrong about that? Um, <laughs> yeah. So there you go, uh, Joseph. You're, you, you, what do you make of this? Oh, I make so many things. Like all headlines about what an actor says, they're, the headlines are written like Liam Neeson called the press to his front lawn and is like, mm -hmm, I have an announcement. Right. The magic is gone. I shall not be quite gone. It was asked a question about whether he would commit a huge amount of his time, energy, and life to doing a Qui-Gon Jinn solo show. And he was like, no, I don't want to do that. Mm. Um so he didn't even say, like, I'm entirely done. He didn't even say, like, eh, they do another Kenobi series. They want me to do uh, voiceovers in a booth. Sure, I'll, like, he's not even saying no to that, you know. So, yeah. A, it is first coming from he was asked whether he wanted to do an entire solo show. And, mm. and I think that was a part of the strength of it. Um, yeah. Totally agree. He has a, uh, as he says in Taken, a special set of skills. And one of them is <laughs> quotes that are like, yeah, right on the edge there, Liam. Um <laughs> Or sometimes over. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like he has said recently in a red carpet, somebody sticking a microphone in his in his mouth, would you do a, a show? And he's like, uh, no, but maybe a movie. So I think that y yeah. you guys are spot on that he still has a little bit of that. Like movies are, are, are where this big epic storytelling that really moves the needle in culture. That's where that happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, and, and I do take it all with a grain of salt, you know, given that he's, you know, made many taken 
<laughs> sequels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then many movies that um, look, I have not seen all of them, but many of them look like they simply could be sequels of Taken. Uh, <laughs> I, it, he has created a genre of uh, Liam Neeson has a special set of skills in the snow with the bear in, you know, Hawaii. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen them all. Uh, so I can't speak with authority. Right. Uh, I've seen every Taken and I enjoyed them. Um, yeah. yeah. He diluted the magic of Taken 1. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. But but I think he is speaking also then to this kind of larger thing that I think is very generational. Um, mm-hmm. We grew up with a, a part of the absolute power of Star Wars was its rarity. Right. Um, there was very few. Uh, books and you maybe maybe you read some comics right um but that's part of what gave it its power and i understand getting to that getting to that place where you're just like i want it to feel really special again which and more mysterious right mm-hmm. uh, i understand that but also i think times change storytelling changes i know i was saying in the, in the first half that i would like there to be not too much so we have a little bit more time to absorb them yeah but I also want there to keep being an expansion of Star Wars. Absolutely. I'm not at all saying like, I think there should only be three movies every 10 years. Mm. Um, because I think the value that, that m- maybe isn't being appreciated um, by Liam Neeson. I don't know. Um, is that with more stories, there's more inclusion, more new ideas, more world building, seeing things in a new light, like the Tuscans. And, and there's always more new mysteries, right? I, I love that Star Wars is, is, tip of the iceberg storytelling and you just hear about a little thing and it makes you imagine and wonder and in all the new star star wars storytelling that we have that spirit is still there mm-hmm. we might learn a lot more about how everything else works on tatooine but then there'll be some other suggestion of this other part of tatooine or this other idea on tatooine so for me that's a lot of the way that the the mystery continues it, as the story unfolds it, it keeps suggesting even more story and so the wonder stays alive for me mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really like what you're saying, and I think our, 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 we went to the same headspace of, of just the value of it. And I'll say, you know, again, I don't want to pick on, uh, on Liam, all right? I, you know, I'm even someone who loves love, actually. Like, okay, like, come on. I, I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. It's just, it is, uh, I, you haven't watched it, buddy, and you haven't watched these shows. You're not, you're not getting them. You're, you're not, it isn't uh, diluting the magic. And there's ways to dilute the magic, and we can discuss that. I think we've all expressed, like, yeah, hey, so done. I keep picking on the comics. I'm so sorry, but sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. Okay, around every corner is this thing going on, and and I get it. I I, I, I want to have that conversation. We can have some of it here, but I, 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 Star Wars is what Star Wars has always been. It is this giant thing that has inspired generations after generations, and I would love uh, an age of uh, you know super original content and uh, you know like the 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 auteurs of the seventies making original, you know, but that's, Mm -hmm. we're not in that. And and in, in, in this umbrella of pop culture stuff, it's not just, you can be cynical about it and say, yeah, you're just pulling the toys from the eighties and moving them forward. And sometimes that happens. And some, and, and those things don't necessarily hit as hard, huh? They don't, they don't, feel as deep and as powerful as say the Marvel, the star Wars of the world, um, Lord of the Rings or uh, now lately game of Thrones, Witcher comes to mind, all those kind of shows. It, we, we are in this area. Look at what last of us, last of us is doing. It's, it's a video game mm-hmm. affecting people's uh, uh, souls. So that's now a world. Last of Us is a world. There's a second video game, but there's you know more shows kind of more seasons going to come in, the, in that world too. And the value in it, I was just rewatching the Disney Gallery Legacy um, episode. I just needed about I needed 28 minutes on the treadmill, not 50 for <laughs> episode two of Book of Boba Fett. So I was like, let me watch this. 
And it was timed very well with the story of just hearing, you know, Filoni's got obviously a lot of great things to say. And he's talking about um, the the great uh, prequel Duel of the Fate, which other people probably thought at that time, in fact, we know they did, was diluting the magic. So Liam, mm-hmm. even something you were in was considered them. And it didn't. It expanded it. But also, just, there's a great value to what you're saying, Joseph, of, of George created this world. George created this giant world. But also, uh, Favreau in that spirit is bringing on creators, bringing on collaborators, and we're getting more stories. And now uh, we're getting the the inclusion, the diversity, the diversity of perspectives. And you can go back. You mentioned the Tuscans. I was going to mention the same thing of something... Uh, that could have been left to mystery from 40 plus years ago now has uh, a a wider perspective, wider, uh, I think just bigger value to the Star Wars story. And and we're seeing the Tuscans in a different way. So I I joke, but I I, I struggle to call them raiders because I just don't think that's accurate anymore. And, 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 you know, and it's just, uh, even when sometimes on the the shows, I'm like, well, oh, don't say that because I just feel different about them. And that's, that's the expansion of the story. And it does create more mysteries and does create more storytelling. And it's not, going away. Star Wars is not, even if they stopped tomorrow, it's <laughs> going to be giant and it's going to pull people into it. And this is the world we're in. Not just because we have a podcast about it, because it is very much in our life. It is our art. So, uh, you know, respectfully, Liam, I, I disagree. I don't think it's diluted any of the magic. It's, it, and I'll let you go. Sorry, Jan, I'm ranting. But it's like, I used to get in a fight <laughs> with my friend, uh, an old co- co-worker of mine uh, from the digital media era of, of uh, you know, he, he yelled at me from Houston that that uh, Kenobi just shows that the the they were out of ideas. This is before the show even hit. Oh out gosh. of ideas, and I'd say, no, you don't. Number one, you don't know what they're doing, and two, it, it's going to be it's going to have some power to it, and we're going to learn more about this key character in our lives at, at this key moment in his life. And the series comes out, and you could focus on you know it wasn't a show answering what what how Luke that got that T sixteen Skyhopper model. That wasn't the show. The show was so much more than that and so much value to it and so many percent and then little lay all the things, but you could just look at it. We don't need to explain that. And I think it's how you view it and how you, how you dig in and roll in your roll up your sleeves and, 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 and jump in. So uh, Liam has not rolled up his sleeves to understand probably a lot of the shows here. And I would say that to his face and then run. Cause then he might punch me though. No, he's just an actor. I don't know how much fighting skills he has. Uh, Jen, sorry. Uh, no, no. That's on all of this there too. I think you're absolutely right. I just think he hasn't really taken the time to dive into it. He's looking at, you know, episodes one through six that were, you know, from the mind of George Lucas. That is, a, you know, who he probably and we all believe is an auteur, an artist. Right. And so he sees that as like a special moment in cinematic history. And now it's just about perhaps he's thinking, oh, it's just like not a cash grab, but like ugh, another Star Wars story. Right. But it's just like if it were a book, how many how many you know, series, book series are there. There's tons of book series. And it's the same idea. We we want to go on more adventures with these characters that we've fallen in love with. It's just a new story, right? Yeah. And it's like you're saying, it, it this is our art. And yes, it's owned by Disney, but that doesn't mean that, I mean, look at all these wonderful creators that are bringing their ideas and their vision to Star Wars and playing in that Star Wars playground. It's why it's why it continues to make money. If it was not good, people would would not be want to be you know, we wouldn't have podcasts. We wouldn't have all of these fans mm-hmm. that have hung around for as long as they have. So I just think, you know, if he were to take the time, I'm sure he would he would maybe grumpily say, "All right, yeah, this this is pretty good." But I just think he's mm-hmm. He's an older gentleman and, you know, he's focused on, <laughs> I, I actually heard a podcast with him a while ago where he was like, he doesn't even want to do, if he looks uh, at a movie and he knows that there's night shoots 
or maybe that it might be cold. He doesn't want to do it. Like that's the stage of his life that he's in right now. You know what I mean? More power to him. Yeah. He's earned it. Right. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, so anyways. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, yeah, I I hear what you're saying there too. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a reason we have force center and not go bot center. Like not everything, not everything hits, everything (laughs) makes a deep chord. And sometimes it is this though, as people point out, go bots actually preceded transformers. Uh, so yeah. Um, look at all that. And uh, yeah, one of your points there too, Jen, like, um, I love this world, so I want to stick around. I am obviously a big fan of uh, the world of Westeros and, and Song of Ice and Fire, and, and there's a lot of potential spinoffs and stuff. Some might be affected by that business over there, the HBO Max and all the stuff going on with Warner Brothers, but I, I'm intrigued by it because why not? If I love this world, uh, a spinoff show about the the world of E.T., which is uh, was something, an animated version, it, it, it would be... It would be a different story, a different perspective, different people, different faces in the, in the world of Game of Thrones. And that has great value. And as, as a fan of that world, as a fan of that map, I want to learn what's going on there. And if you can tell me that story, yeah, absolutely. If not, you know, like I said, I would say I'm not a huge Marvel fan. I, I swing through. I enjoy what I enjoy and I move on. And 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 that's fine with me. So I don't I don't come and go, oh, now we got a show about, you know, Iron Man not like that. That's bad energy. Yeah. Bad energy, uh, and, and and let the Marvel uh, people explore what they want. We'll explore what we want. Anyways, I, I feel I feel I need some more OJ uh, and take a, a sip of juice here, Joseph. So, uh, <laughs> what's your opinion? Though? Let's talk about that thing. What what could possibly delete the magic? What does that what does that truly mean? And and have there been examples? And have we rubbed up against it sometimes? I've mentioned the comics. I picked on them a few times today, uh, but I still love having them every week uh, to pick up. So, Joseph, any thoughts on on what could possibly dilute the magic? Nothing. No. Um, yeah. Right. I, I think in uh, in a lot of ways, um, for me, it, it is it is totally a matter of perspective. Your, your mm-hmm. point of view. For me, as a fan, I do mean the answer. Nothing. The the magic is the stories that exist. The magic is you know my memories, friendships, relationships. This podcast. If I never watched another new Star Wars thing, it would still be magical. So, like for me, the magic will never die. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes uh, I think it is a balancing act. Uh, we talked about show business at the top of the podcast, right? And I think that's all it is. It, it, it's it's really about the way that you release new stories. I don't want them to stop releasing new stories because I want to know more about the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want it to be doled out like a great song that starts big and then gets a little quieter and then builds up to the chorus and then has this amazing solo and then has a big finish. Like I want a calendar release schedule to feel like that. That's what I mean when I want things to be event, not necessarily a ton less, but just feel like it's really got a, a rhythm to it so that it gives people the time and the space uh, to get excited, to shift gears, to get in a different mood, uh, Mm -hmm. to contrast the kinds of shows and the kinds of, events i think that is is one of the things that's going to keep star wars magical is not just the stories but the way they're presented and the rhythm that they're presented to people mm-hmm. so i think um that if if we kind of fell onto algorithm <laughs> nightmare and it was just like here's another here's another here's another here's another and there's kind of no soul to the way they're being delivered or, or the room for them to breathe i think that might uh dilute the magic a little bit for me um uh, th- this is going back a little bit to to what we were talking about previously, but like a, a thing that helps me uh, 
make sure that the magic doesn't dilute is always just trying to see it from other people's eyes, right? You know, mm. uh, I love the sequel trilogy, so I got no problem. But if I ever did have a problem, seeing it through the eyes of somebody, uh, a young woman who got to grow up with Ray, hey, the magic's back for me. Um, mm-hmm. Got an essay coming out on our YouTube uh, uh, channel this week about uh, how I connect with tech. Every new story is an opportunity for people to see themselves in Star Wars. And, and, and that is one of the things that for me will make it so the magic never dilutes is to take a deep breath and see it from somebody else's perspective um, who, who is feeling a part of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, mm-hmm. I think for me that that those are my thoughts on diluting the magic. Yeah, uh, no, great stuff there. And one of the things uh, the big things to talk about is, is one of the things I go to is is. There, I I feel, and, and like you said, Jen. Yes, it's a big company. Even Lucasfilm is, you could say now, a big company. It's been around mm-hmm. a long time and done a lot of great things in this industry. Uh, so it isn't uh, the um, auteur from Modesto uh, making his his space opera anymore. It's it, it stopped being that in seventy eight, right? Seventy <laughs> seven. It was it was no longer that. It was something else. Uh, so uh, there's a, a reverence, I think, uh, that the the people uh, making this stuff have for it. And I don't mean, you know fanboy fan person and over star wars i mean like there's a they understand the weight of it even if they make a, a misstep here and there they get it and how it's presented I, as i'm listening to you talk joseph i'm thinking of some of the stuff from star wars celebration how just a, a a montage of clips of people cheering and walking around in costumes and and saying yeah love star wars can sometimes get me misty-eyed you know just mm-hmm. like that that needs to exist. That's truly the magic. And for every joke about what are they going to make a movie about a gonk droid? You, sure. I'd love that because now Gonky's one of my heroes. So <laughs> let's figure it out. Um, that's not the diluting the magic. The magic is if it starts to feel like, truly feel like a conveyor belt. And some people would argue that, again, that com- one comic I ran a month ago was talking about Disney just trying to make money. Okay. Is that what you feel? Have you have you spent time with it? Have you have you gone to these conventions? Are you truly a fan? Um, you know uh, that that's some of the stuff too. And you know the rebels win on Endor, and and some people just want the story to end there, but it doesn't because that's the reality. We are in this time where you're going to see what can we t- what stories can we tell, uh, what movies can we make? All right, so we're going to keep the story going. How do we make that work? Where the the rebel victory in Endor still has power? That magic still exists in, in your heart from seeing it in '83 or '97 or wherever you saw it first. Um, but the story continues and now moves other people. That's the magic. That's what's going on. And I, I don't think you can dilute that until you uh, truly just start cranking it out and the quality uh, suffers. And I, I just hearing Bob Iger go back to that, hearing that they have that in mind. Um, mm. They're leaning into it. So Jen, a lot of thoughts there. Take us home. Um, you mentioned earlier, yeah, sometimes, hey, maybe there can be too much or maybe life and time that, you know, where, where do you go with uh, the idea of deleting the magic? I think you're right. The conveyor belt, the conveyor belt uh, idea, mm-hmm. if they were to start cranking it out. I mean, if you watch any of those behind the scenes documentaries, you will see the the artisans that are working on the creatures that are working on the costumes and they they need time and they need money. And I'll tell you one thing, Star Wars fans are patient. Right. We remember the, we remember the dark times where there was no <laughs> Star Wars. And if that means that they are going to have to slow down production to, to make things right, to make things look uh, amazing and feel epic and make it a true like premiere event, then mm. I, I think Star Wars fans will be OK with that. Uh, and that will preserve this kind of magic. I think that they've done a great job with it. I have no problem with it. But and I don't imagine that they would suddenly start ramping it up and we'd be getting all these new shows and movies and whatever. I don't think that's going to happen. 
But I think, uh, yeah, that's why we love Star Wars is because the people that are involved in Star Wars, if they don't, if they're not already fans and they don't love it, then they at least respect it and they respect their own craft like Tony Gilroy and they're gonna bring it within the Star Wars framework, right? So yeah, I mean, we love Star Wars. That's why is why we are we are here right now. <laughs> yeah. No, and look, you mentioned those docs. I always go to those. Yeah. Um you know, I, I'm, I'll probably never change your opinion on Rise of Skywalker. I'm talking to a general audience, not you, Jen. Um, he was like, I but, like it. You know, but, <laughs> you know, like, I, I might never change your opinion in the green room at Flappers Comedy Club. But watch that doc and tell me that there isn't love and care and reverence and magic involved with it. You just, it didn't hit mm-hmm. for you. That is a different conversation. And that's totally fine. And it, it clearly an option. But it's there. At least we think. But, hey, what are you going to do? All right. So I think we can close the book on Grandpa Liam. And his uh, <laughs> conversation there, but I do think context is uh, is important here. Uh, I was with you too, Joseph. When I saw the clip, I was like, "What? What? What was he doing? Is he holding a press conference? Oh no, he was just on one of those Graham Norton like shows where wild, <laughs> crazy things are said and things are thrown at you, and uh, sometimes some 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 things like this will emerge." So yeah, and his son was bartending, by the way, uh, on the show. <laughs> he was his son who voiced young Liam in the Tales of the Jedi that diluted the magic. Okay, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, he was bartending. So, and Paul Rudd was on, and I don't know if they were drinking or not, but maybe that could explain some things too. <laughs> One thing I was in the club when 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 Liam starts talking, uh, and his son did young Qui Gon. I said young Liam, but Liam starts talking. Paul Rudd has a reaction that just was like, "Oh man, I'm glad I'm not answering this." <laughs> it really is a thing like Paul Rudd is in the middle of promoting this huge Marvel film yeah. that is going to be under scrutiny yeah. for are they making too much Marvel <laughs> he's sitting there next to Liam Neeson going ah too many of this stuff uh, Paul Rudd's like just show a clip of Mac and me and let's go let's get on yeah. out of here <laughs> oh it's great fun alright we're going to get on out of here before we do we always take a look at this week in Star Wars history looking ahead to Star Wars past and on February 21st 19 1946. We've talked about this man before, and we will continue to. Anthony Daniels was born. The man, the voice, the soul inside C-3P, of course. Anthony's place in Star Wars history and conventions, Anthony, and conventions, is secure. But uh, what do we love about his involvement in Star Wars all these years later? And maybe, I don't know, what were some of our favorite C-3PO moments as kids and and maybe now? Jen, I'm going to start with you here, because you've probably watched a few episodes of Droids in your day. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I love that he crafted a performance that is both elegant and full of anxiety. Um, it's just so memorable and iconic. I love that Anthony Daniels has always been a proud to be a part of Star Wars, a part of the Star Wars community. He has a lot of respect for the character and for Star Wars fans. Um, and I really appreciate that. He's always happy to do, you know, the voice or talk about his memories um, from being on set. But my favorite uh, 3PO moments as a kid, and even now, was really, you know, Return of the Jedi. Everything in Return of the Jedi is just mm-hmm. great because mm-hmm. that was my first introduction to him. Um, and, you know, the thing that I like about it is that he proves that he is a real asset to the Rebels. You know, and the fact that he does understand all the different languages, that's how they get into Jabba's palace. That, and he kind of serves as like a, a mediator. And then it, the twist of fate where the Ewoks think that he's a god, right? And he's like mm-hmm. sitting there as uh, as uh, Han is about to be uh, you know, served up for dinner. And it's just funny. Like he finally has this moment of power 
And uh, it's just it's just great. And I just love 3PO. Uh, I love him so much, even though my action figure has lost his, his arm. <sighs> I don't know how it happened, but he lost his arm. We'll get you a new one and paint it right there. Yeah, I love everything you're saying there. Return of Jedi, uh, you know, is pretty powerful in my life and, and loving those moments. You know, I don't know if the Han tapping him on the shoulder three times thing had been released now. I don't know. It might not have been one of my favorite moments. As a kid, oh, my God, that was peak cinema. Just the best. <laughs> I just enjoyed everything about it. I was like, oh, Han doesn't got, got me in. Yeah, yeah. Han yeah. keeps tapping him. But he does. He, 3PO's trying to do what he says. Oh, it's hilarious. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, one of my favorite moments is Empire. Again, go to Han. And, you know, I've grown up a Han fan, but just Han – Treating 3PO, quite frankly, like crap in Empire Strikes Back and most of the movies. But, uh, you know, whispering under his breath to Chewie about, yeah, we better fix it. And just 3PO has that double take. Anthony Daniels does a great double take of, but I just said that. But I'm not getting the credit for it, but there's probably nothing I can do about it. I just got to treat me right. And it just was one of my favorite little moments that I loved as a kid for just a comedy uh, double take reasons. But as a, as an adult, I've enjoyed it more and more. Uh, so there's some stuff in the, in the modern films I love as well, but Joseph, I want to go back to you as a kid with 3PO. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's so many 3PO moments that I really enjoyed. And uh, yeah, sometimes people are like, hey, everybody on Force Center agrees a lot. Uh, I don't know if we're disagreeing or not, Ken, but I still love the 3PO tap joke in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I think it's a great bit of comedy yeah. because it is so much about 3PO trying to help, trying to do what he needs to, and Han just being a jerk. Yeah. Uh, or... Uh, to quote one of my favorite 3PO moments is when 3PO uh, mumbles to himself in Empire Strikes Back. Impossible, man. <laughs> yes. It's so, yeah. it's so understandable and so judgmental. Like, uh, it's the, you know, 3PO would ask him, can I, can I ask about this? Well, sure, why not? And mm-hmm. on walks away. Um, yeah. the, you know, being a big Empire fan growing up, uh, almost everything about 3PO being blasted, and I don't mean that as an anti-3PO thing. It's just the mm-hmm. beats around it are just peak right. 3PO uh, him being so happy to hear a familiar voice that he wanders off. And then that great sort of uh, etiquette reaction when we don't see the stormtrooper yet, but with the, no, 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 please don't get up. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's such a great 3PO etiquette thing. And then I've always loved the moment uh, where Chewie is putting him back together and he's coming back online and then realizes uh, what's happened and says, Oh no, I've been shot. It's a comedy moment. That's also like heavy at the same time. So those are some of my favorites growing up. Uh, love that there. And as far as uh, some later ones or modern ones, uh, I think we all love a lot of the Rise of Skywalker moments and, and that Ray, no one knows the odds better than you moment. It was just felt like, yes, finally, after all these years, someone gets it there. So we can talk about that there. But I do want to highlight the Clone Wars one. You and I, Joseph, in the Clone Wars report, that episode where he has to plan the party for Padme was 3PO in his element. And it was just oh, fun yeah. to watch. It's one of my favorite moments there. Absolutely great. Yeah, like it's on him to make sure this important bill passes because his party's got to go well. <laughs> got to go well. Yeah, I love it when we get to concentrate on what his actual skills are. The uh, mm-hmm. and in Rise of Skywalker, the no one asked, but I'm all right. Great comedy line. Uh, the the Force Awakens introduction where he steps in the middle mm-hmm. <laughs> of uh, Leia and Han coming back together. All all great stuff. And and I think a, a tribute to anthony daniels ultimately you know he's you you can make the jokes that uh that he will do anything in all things uh star wars that Mm -hmm. you know he's got some hot mic moments (laughs) and it seems like maybe he likes a little bit of gossip uh, now and then uh (laughs) but he's been such a great ambassador of star wars you hear that voice and, and you're welcomed into the galaxy far far away and i think it's you know 
inspiring that he made the absolute most of an opportunity of he, his voice was supposed to be replaced, but he made that character what it was with his voice, with his performance, and then it couldn't be changed. And then he's been connected to this uh, story for decades uh, because he, he swung for the fences. Love that. Well said indeed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it could be easy to poke a little fun. He's he's so such a big personality. He takes over every panel he's on and we, you, know, you could you could you could see it. Uh, that's, that's fine. But it, it all comes from this place of, uh, you know, I am 3PO. I love 3PO. I care about him and I care about people's reactions to him. So uh, in the end, that's a good thing. Jen, any any modern moments you want to discuss before we uh, uh, head on down the road? No, no, you guys have you guys have covered it all. I'm just glad that he's you know still out there and still being a part of of the fan community. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. We have to enjoy our time, you know. Indeed. So happy birthday to you, Anthony Daniels. Uh, we are happy to have you inside that golden mask. We are out of here today, but want to let you know where you can find us. We're on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Hive Social as well at Four Center. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and on YouTube. Head over there, subscribe, hit the notification bell. You can join us for the live show this Friday. We got essays, we got figure fights, we got shorts, we got old episodes there. Check it out. Podcasts available on ACAST, iHeartRadio, a lot of other spots. Just search, you'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. Follow me at Kednapsock. Go to my website, kednapsock.com for more. I need more water today. That's been my problem. Uh, Jen, uh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter sometimes, Instagram, YouTube at Jennifer Landa, TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. And I will be talking about my uh, Star Wars book recommendations for kids soon enough valuable stuff check it out everybody joseph uh, working hard on a lot of projects so some of they can some of them they can find right now so where can they do that yeah you can find me on social media still on twitter i'm also trying to be on hive and mastodon uh, definitely on instagram so lots of different places uh, to find me uh, but if you want to find uh, some of the new short films and comedy stuff i'm doing you can go to my youtube channel and look for joseph scrimshaw in particular in the last uh, couple weeks i put up a new short film called unboxing the cosmos it's about 12 minutes of cosmic horror so check it out if that sounds like fun to you Check it out indeed. All right. So for everyone, including Liam Neeson, we'll see you next time here on Force. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.